This is the Ignition Point, Clayton Bradley Academy's podcast where every day we work to help students excel through critical thinking, problem solving, collaboration, and use of our lifelong guidelines and life skills. We'd like to welcome to the podcast today Angie Barham. Angie Barham is uh, a first-year teacher for Clayton Bradley, but not a first-year teacher in education. And uh, I'll let her explain a little bit about that process of coming to Clayton Bradley to kind of get us started. So first, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. And second, why don't you introduce yourself to the listening audience? You can give as much information as you'd like about kind of how you got to CBA. Sure. So um, I am Angie Barham, and I have taught school for, I believe this is my 35th year. So 35 years, all of that spent in public education and um, loved it. I've also done a lot of work for the state, and I've been a coach for the state of Tennessee's Department of Education. I did that for a few years. I have also scored in writing rubrics, and I love writing. It's one of my passions. So in addition to that, I've traveled around quite a bit and trained other schools in writing things. And I had the privilege to train at the International Literacy Association uh, twice, and then Tennessee's Literacy Association about five or six times. And I've traveled as far as Memphis to do schools and then locally here as well in writing so I kind of found that passion a long time ago so I've done that for a while but I started out Knox County Schools, Maryville City and then I ended up at Fort Craig which is why I'm here yeah so So there there are a handful of teachers here that came out of that Fort Craig uh, school and idea and worked together and knew each other and that sort of thing and so Uh, Before you came on staff, I had heard a lot of great things about you, and uh, people speak very highly of you. Thank you. And so I was excited whenever, uh, and having that conversation with Ms. Lyford and Ms. Bradley about you joining the staff and and making that happen, um, I was excited to get to to actually meet you. And then when you actually came in for your interview, I wasn't even here. Oh, that is true. Yes, I didn't meet you. Because (laughs) I remember later they were like, I was like, wait, who is Kendall Terry? (laughs) (laughs) And so I re- supposed to know him. <laughs> yeah, well, and it's one of those we try to meet with everybody, but the schedule just wasn't going to align on this one. I think I may have been on vacation or something, and and uh, Pat went ahead and had that interview with you. And like I said, they already knew who you were, so I don't know that. I I imagine that interview was quite interesting uh, because I, it was probably just a lot of reminiscing. <laughs> oh, it was. I think I stayed for a couple of hours, and we talked about how we started oh that uh, from day one. I mean, starting a school together, Pat. Uh, Miss Bradley, of course, got to do that twice. Yeah. But once was enough for me. It was a lot of hard work, um, blood, sweat, and tears. But it stays with you. And when you do things right the first time, it mm. empowers you to want to share that. And I think that's why I did so many things later. Yeah. Because of the way we started and the mentors that I had, especially from her. Because I guess um, I taught with Miss Bradley for quite a few years, like yeah. maybe eight. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so she was my mentor. I was 27 years old. I'm not giving away. Oh, if you had that up, you might know my uh. age. But anyway, or hers, I don't know. She was just a tad older, but not that much. Uh. But um, So she trained me, and we really looked at what were the best practices in reading and writing. Yeah. And I think that developed my love for literacy. Mm. So I don't think anybody could have had better mentors than to have Pat Bradley as one of your mentors absolutely so that is where all my 
I guess the way I go about things and the way I structure my learning started with that. Yeah. Of course, we all develop our own style and um, our personalities are different. Right. So, you know, your classroom runs different, but your our philosophies are the same. Yeah. So she really took me and, and made me into the person, I guess, that you see when you walk down in my room. That is awesome. So besides and them dancing on tables and the, <laughs> like that kind of thing, I don't think she did I don't that. think that was a big path no, thing. No, no. Uh, well, like I said, I have heard great things. I have heard about the dancing on tables uh, in the classroom to help engage students and get them excited about what you're getting ready to do. I have not personally witnessed this. Well, I try not to uh, <laughs> do that. And I used to tell the kids, if you tell anybody, I'm going to deny that. I don't know what you're talking about. That's right. Yeah. And I guess when I can't do that, then I'll have to retire. But oh, now, okay. if we get a series, if we get all our points and yeah. do really well in specials, then that's what we're working toward. All right. So is dancing on the tables. They okay. were really high, though, here, and I had to lower them. That was an adjustment. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I might break a hip. <laughs> now I'm we don't want to do that. that table. Absolutely. But anything to motivate them. But, yes, so that's been – that stays with my kids. And the other part that they always mention all these years later is every day for – well, I guess since I love Fort Craig – and at Fort Craig, we ended our morning with treat people right, do the right thing. Yep. And treat. we did it three times with the move. Even if you don't feel like it, don't want to, or nobody's watching. Right. So all my kids will will talk about that. And so I had Miss Navratil, who teaches Spanish, was my, yeah. in my room. And um, I had Miss Lovin's son. And I had... There's quite a few more that I have. Oh, I had Miss Esmark's son. I mean, no, I had Miss Esmark was my student teacher. Okay. Oh, man. Yeah, so she was my student teacher. And so there's so many connections yeah. that it was it was really like coming back around. Absolutely. And, and so here you're teaching third grade. Have you always taught third grade or what um, grades have you taught? Okay, so when I first started teaching all those many years ago, I taught kindergarten. I taught fourth grade and I taught straight first. So then when I did that and I came to Maryville City I taught kindergarten again and then I taught multi-age so when we I began at Fort Craig way back then we were multi-age yeah so we had bridges first and second so I taught that for the majority of my years like 20 okay so 20 years in mixed first and second mainly and then when Fort Craig closed and I went to John Sevier uh, I taught third grade and so I did that for 10 years but basically, being site-based managed there, I was able to do my own thing. So I just bought, brought the um, thematic instruction that I was already doing and all the yeah. hands-on things. And, and even my, not really the life skills because we didn't have all those, but I brought all those things that I knew of and put, implemented them in my room. Yeah. So I didn't really have much of a change. So for 10 years, I kind of just changed my curriculum. I changed how the standards went. I adapted my methods, but I still stayed the core of who I was. That's pretty all awesome. Those, all those years. And really, in, in public school, if your scores support that, then you have a lot more freedom right, right. than if they didn't. So right. it worked. So I'm, I'm good, and I was good to go. And, and then the opportunity came for me to come here. And so I retired from public education and, and came here. And, to do and I know that uh, the parents that uh, I've spoken to with students in your room have just thoroughly loved uh, what you do with their kids. That's and, good to know. And uh, I know the kids are thriving in that. And you're working actually also with our teachers now 
on the writing stuff. Like you said, you're a trainer in writing and, and you have done training in writing um, as well as some other things. But uh, that writing component is something that we're allowing you to do here too with training yes. our teachers. And you work with them. Um, is it once a month or is it twice a month? I, I actually work every other week. Oh, and so we've tackled okay. such things also like reading workshop. And we're trying to focus that writing in just a little bit more on um, being sure that our kids are also competitive yeah. out in the world and that they know how to put different genres together, but that they also know how to respond to literature, to answer a question. How do you put a response together by restating it, finding your text evidence and those types of things. Yeah. So we've already worked to change, to match up a little bit of, of what our expectations are with our assessment. So that's one of the things we're working on too. Like, oh, if we want them to write to literature, then it, what does our writing assessment look like? Yeah. You know, are we responding to literature or is it just a creative type response? So we've gone back and we've decided that we've pulled, oh, they're going to read this story and that's what they're going to respond to. So we're teaching that and um, we're doing that part. We're teaching an organization piece to the writing. We've talked again about the six traits, which isn't really a writing program, but mainly a vocabulary that just makes all writing better. Okay. So that you can talk to your kids. It's like the life skills mm -hmm. but on writing. So it's the writing life yeah. skills. And so, so, and you're doing this with kindergarten up. And so everybody then has that ability to speak that language, which I know when we talk about, for instance, the learning center school model that we use here at CBA, uh, that's a big deal from preschool through 12th grade that everybody speaks exactly. the life skills. Everybody speaks that common language. It's part of that culture. And so I, I love hearing that in the writing to say that we're continuing that idea of saying, let's have this common language. Let's have this common culture in how our kids are going to write exactly. so that we can make sure that everybody is progressing in, in that writing component and, and getting better. Yes. And we just have one of, we have the sixth grade that's joined down in the writing training too so that she can carry over that's that awesome. same instruct and that instructional strategy yeah with that as well and then you know like everything else that happens here we always look at how does it progress up how does it how does it go down so that our vertical uh, alignment is taking place yes. as well and, and we spend a lot of time um, in looking at that in in multiple components not just in one area or another but in all of our different curriculums that we're doing all of our different um, content areas um, and I think it's I think it's a great thing for our school moving forward and, and I love hearing some of, of what you're doing there and have been in your room a couple of times to see some of it uh, yeah. through tours and different yes. things but uh, I think you're doing a great job so when you're looking at uh, just to date the recording we're getting near the end of the second quarter so you've been here about half a year um, and thinking about the things that you were able to do this year already in third grade what are some of those things that you look back at just the short time you've been here that you just uh, you know, enjoyed or had a good time doing this project or this idea with the kids? Well, first I love, I love getting back to family gathering. So our kids loved putting together our Tennessee things with family gathering. Yeah, that was great. And just building that community. But I think the best thing has been asking my kids, okay, so what have you learned? And having them write to me and tell me what they've learned and just seeing like they actually said, I'm so proud that my reading, I can read such harder books, or I'm so proud, I never thought I could write this much. And I'm like, oh, that's that organization piece. We call it the IC3, the introduction, conclusion, mm -hmm. and three components in the middle. So it's a little different than the five paragraph essay. But so they're like, I never thought I could write this much. Oh, or wow. just uh, 
just watching them come together as a class and knowing like in the beginning I'm like wow this is a very well I, it was still a great class but this is a very busy class but watching how you do mindful or we do mindfulness yeah. and intentional instruction and learning the kids and learning like what each one needs and how to push that child to go further they're just so engaged and I hope when you walk in my room that's the main thing that you see is the kids are engaged and it's not engaged because you're always doing some out of this world project but it's engaged because they find meaning in all that we do so they find mm. meaning so when you walk in we could just be writing but they are going to be really like totally into it and and have built that up or reading or whatever so i think it's just finding meaning and making it fit all together and yeah. talking with the kids they give me that back so to me it's never been like i love for parents to to be glad that their children are there and you want that reputation but to me it's what i get back from the kids mm. that's it's not about winning an award but it's like watching them or hearing them say hey this is what i've learned or this is what i'm doing and having that pride so hopefully that's what people see when they come in is high expectations but lots of support to get there wow i and i think people that are listening if they're in education understand that of getting that feedback from a student of getting that aha moment i mean that's it, it's so cool to see that of the you, you kind of get that twinkle in their eye you know that light up of like oh right. wait i get that or i really want to show you this because i'm so proud of yeah. the work and it's not just a okay i did this assignment because you asked me to do this assignment um, and so really taking pride in what they're doing which is that life skill you know sometimes when people look at our life skills pride is one that uh, they do question but that's what that's the definition right of of that being excited about the work that you've produced and wanting to share that with someone else and that feeling that you get exactly. of, of accomplishment, of doing something that maybe you didn't even think you could do. And it doesn't actually come natural. It's actually something that you have to teach children. You have to reinforce it. You have to say, oh, look at this yesterday. Mm, and look at this yeah. today. Or often we do individual conferencing for reading and things. So. I'll say, oh my gosh, look at this. Let's look back. And you have to say, I have. A, you should have a lot of pride in how this has improved. Yeah. So they don't get it at first what it is. And I also tell them, when somebody comes in the room, if you're wanting to show them that piece that you're working on, whatever you're doing, that's pride. When you are so glad that people look, and then of course you can use that the other way too. You know we set our intentions for the day. Like, mm -hmm. what do we want to do today to be better than we were yesterday? So maybe that's something you want, that you want to set your intention that you can have pride in what you show or what you produce. So always going back to that too, but yeah. it is taught, taught pride. So that, well, and it goes back to this idea that we've talked about many times on the podcast of there's so much to what you see on our campus that didn't happen by accident. It is intentional. Um, the culture that you see when you walk around campus, it's intentional. Right. I mean, and Miss Bradley will talk about that. Uh, uh, she's been intentional in the design of our buildings with our architects to everything down to the paint color and the floor choices. And uh, it's all done with intention so that we get the result that we want at the end of the day. Okay. And so how you're taking that over then with your students of, of that their learning is intentional. 
you know, it's not just that they're going to learn because you're a, a breathing human in the room, which what studies show is if you have a teacher in the room, you know, learning typically takes place, but you can be intentional and actually get a lot more learning taking place than just let's hope they learn something right. today. And so I love hearing that. And, and as I've talked to the students that are in your room, I think that I see that pride being reflected there and they are proud about showing their work and, and, you know, wanting me to see something they're working on or read something that they've written. Um, and so that's exciting to just see a, a third grader having that, that time um, when they're in third grade. This has been the Ignition Point, Clayton Bradley Academy's podcast, where every day we work to help students excel through critical thinking, problem solving, collaboration, and use of our lifelong guidelines and life skills. If you'd like to find out more about Clayton Bradley Academy, you can visit us on our webpage, www.claytonbradleyacademy.org. You can also find us on social media sites at CBA STEM or at Clayton Bradley Academy. We hope you have a wonderful day.